0: What's Good Podcast. Are you ready? Your number one source to all the keys in the industry.
1: With Brianna Javon,
0: it's the What's Good
2: Podcast.
1: What's What's Good? good. Hey everyone, uh, this is your girl Brianna Javon with What's Good Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode. As you guys know, I don't do interviews, but instead I do genuine conversations with you guys and gals. So let's get into it. Today, we have a special guest today with me. His name is Dr. Inky Sangreal. How are you today?
0: Awesome. Amazing.
1: That's good to hear. And for one, I want to thank you so much for coming onto to the platform. And so usually how I get started with the podcast, I usually do an icebreaker just to calm the mood, um, just for me to get to know you a little bit more about your answer, by your answer, okay? by yeah, the way. Okay, so I noticed that you are a YouTuber. I mean, you have a lot of videos, you teach, and so I thought this would be a great question to ask you. Would you rather never use social media sites and apps again, or never watch another movie or television show? <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, hold oh, no. on. I gotta read. Wait a minute.
1: What's this one again? Okay, so the icebreaker is Would you rather never use social media sites and apps again? Or would you rather never watch another movie or a television show? Like no more Martin, no more old school TV shows, no more new school, like Power, none of that, because you just want to use social media crazy
0: that's getting crazy talking about no more power
1: (laughs) i know Um, right i thought that was a good example because everybody likes power (laughs) yeah
0: um i don't know i guess if i was trapped in a world where i would have to make that decision i would have to give up i mean sticking to the law the sticking to the question exactly the way you asked it
2: Mm -hmm. i would
0: I, would, I guess it would probably be easy to just go with the, um, never watching the uh, TV again because, you know, everything is available via apps anyway. So I could watch all the shows that I want to watch on the, the, you know, on computer somewhere, on the Internet.
1: Smart answer. That's what my answer would have been, too. When I was looking, I was like, hmm, I wonder if somebody would have the same answer as me. Because <laughs> that's what I would have thought, too. So that's good. All right. And so now we're going to move into the genuine conversation. Um, for one, let's just start off with you telling me about yourself and what do you do?
0: Um, okay. Um, I'm a father, dad, um, personal trainer, sports nutritionist, master herbalist, naturopathic doctor. Um, community um, community advocate, I would say uh, and um, that's pretty much it. My passion is just to promote um, biochemical literacy, if you will. And, and that's kind of what I, I try to use all of my platforms and all of my energy on—is just to get people to get a much more in-depth knowledge of of who they are, who who you know, knowledge of self, um, so to speak.
1: Got it. Okay. And so um, I read an article about you on the Rolling Out platform, <clears throat> and they mentioned um, how you got started with the study of health and things of that nature, and it was due to a seizure. And so, from there, how did that particular moment in life, when you had your seizure, change your life from there?
0: Um, that was a that was a weird thing because um, most people that have seizures they have a condition, like, where they have seizures, so they know that they possible to have seizure. I don't. Mm-hmm. It was a sporadic, um, like it was just a once-in-a-lifetime, like it was once in a once-in-a-lifetime thing that never happened before or never happened. You know, it hasn't happened since. And um, it scared me because my heart stopped, wow. you know? So um, in the days following, it was really a, a an introspective thing, um, really just self-examination, going into, going into myself and really reevaluating a lot of things and that, kind of, um, pushed me over the edge to apply all of the various, um, to apply all of the various studies that I had throughout my life to really rehabilitate myself and then, uh, take stock of what we had going on as people around and, and just, um, think about why I was spared. Like a lot of people whose heart stopped, they don't get a second chance. They don't come back, you know? So, um, that really, it really altered the way I saw the world and saw myself in the world. And I, you know, I had to get busy in terms of, um, just working as, as, as hard as I could to reverse some of the negative karma that I had created throughout my teenage years and early twenties and just, um, you know, change what I was passing down to my children. You know, a lot of times we think about money
2: mm-hmm.
0: in terms of, even for our children in, in regard to inheritance, but we don't think about our name. You know, I was um, doing another show and I was talking about changing the model of success. A lot of times we use money and material to gauge success. But in that paradigm, what we do is overlooked. So if a woman is a high price, uh prostitute and she amasses a lot of money. Um, and then she writes a tell-all book. And, and now she changes her lifestyle. And she buys like a nail salon and a t-shirt business. She gets to call herself a successful entrepreneur. Um, you have guys that have sold heroin for 10, 15 years and, and made a few millions of dollars selling heroin. And now they open up a record label in a laundromat. And they get to call themselves a successful entrepreneur. Mm um and that creates the wrong dynamic in terms of what success really is and so it even though people have create aspirations for themselves you still um it's a, de- a, a a very um small it's a very small and selfish way to view the world when we pass that on to our children because your name is still tarnished your name is still tarnished and overall you still have done probably more damage than good. So you're passing that karma on to the children, you know? So, um, that's a part of your, 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 your legacy and the inheritance that you leave for them. That I think we need to focus on more and just work on, um, our, our people relations as well. If we, if we change the view of success, how we deal with people becomes a lot more important. So just a lot, just just a lot of things. It was a very profound experience, to say the least. <laughs>
2: I like it. But I'll
0: be honest, uh, dying is definitely not a movie I want to see again. It was a good movie to watch. It was
1: cool. One time experience, right? <laughs> one time experience. That's all you need. <laughs> All right. And so I know you mentioned that there was a lot of different changes that you had to do due to having that seizure. What are some of the lifestyle changes that you endured after um, having your seizure? And when it comes to, like you mentioned, you mentioned some things with your children, you know, how you reevaluated life. What are some examples that you could give um, for some of those life, lifestyle changes?
0: Uh, I stopped drinking. Mm-hmm. I didn't drink for prob I didn't drink for uh years after that.
1: Were you a drinker before? Like a like a real social drinker?
0: I wasn't like a everyday like a like I wasn't like a a functioning alcoholic. Okay. But I did go to clubs and party and you know, I'm from a hundred fifty eighth Street in the Bronx, so you know that's kinda what it was. Like like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you you know, you lit. You know what I mean, and right. um, I, um, I cut that out like completely. Um, the thing that really scared me is that, like I said, it just it wasn't something that was um, there's no it there was no history, there was no able to predict that, and I was moving from New York to Georgia. So, the night before, you know, my neighborhood wanted to send me off, quote unquote, properly. So, you know, I was bent I was bent out of shape to say the least by the time I got home. So um I you know there were rumors after the situation that somebody had slipped something in my drink and tried to take me out of here.
2: Oh wow. You uh,
0: know. Yeah. So, you know, I, I couldn't really um we couldn't prove it conclusively. Um but the person had some other similar things that, you know, so it was it was cool. It was up in the air. But um, I just took it all into the consideration. Like, OK, well, if that's what happened. That person would have never been able to do that had I not been drinking.
2: Oh, I had I been
0: that. fully alert.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, if that didn't happen. Did I have nothing to blame it on but liquor? <laughs> <laughs> So I just looked at it like either way, you know what I mean? Um, And I never really been like a super heavy drinker like that, you Mm -hmm. know, Um, anyway, so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal. Now, uh, the rest of it was more so getting my body back because like my arms had come out of the socket and my legs and everything was different. So I my body wasn't the same after I came back. You know what I mean. So the whole situation happened rather quickly, but um, I wasn't back to a hundred percent for almost maybe a year afterward. So I went straight back to nature, like one hundred percent raw, not just vegan, like raw. Um, like I literally wanted like dirt to be on the vegetables. Like I, wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, like I wanted to know. These came out of the ground, the soil, like, 20 minutes ago. Like, um, yeah. And then, you know, you just, you just, um, outside of that, every situation becomes a little bit more precious.
2: Mm-hmm. You
0: know, even the colors in the air get brighter. Like, it just, your perception changes when you know you're on borrowed time. Like, you know, you could have been out of here. Mm-hmm. So, even just something as simple as, um, uh, you know, coloring with the, coloring with the children, or you know, just uh, going into their room with them and making a mess with the toys, or going and tearing up the backyard, or just you know, some stuff that kind of sometimes do the lifestyle, parents is just you know, you're just like, hey, go in your room, and do your homework, and whatever, whatever, doing the homework with them, just, just, just small little changes, or spending more time with your, you know, your wife, baby mom's girlfriend, like um, just a, becoming more appreciative
1: That's good
0: a, More appreciative And more patient You know because you, you're happy you here so everything Gets it, it gets a shift You know and then um, With the shift in personal life You kind of put more Intensity on, on things In your professional or business Pursuits because you you kinda like and, and even till today, people have to calm me down because you know, I can I could be a little bit much sometimes, like, yo, come on, we're supposed to do this right now. Like where you at? Where you at? Like, let's get this done. No, <laughs> oh why would you say you was gonna do this at Sunday at three o'clock and you wasn't gonna be ready at Sunday at three o'clock, you could just told me you was gonna be like So I, I you know, sometimes I get a little manic, but it's because when you have that experience, like some people um, you know, from the military or from the hood, you know they've been in near death experiences, and they like, yo, nah, it's, you know, it's you know, you, you're different. But near death is not even the same as death. Like, right. bro, I, like
1: yeah, you mentioned your heart spots.
0: Yeah, so yeah. it's you know, you just you just a little bit different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just a little bit different. So a lot of times I got to calm myself down or, um, I teach, you know, health all over everywhere, but it's very easy for me to not take care of me Mm
2: -hmm. and
0: forget because of how pressed I am to live. Like Mm -hmm. I want to work and get as much work done as humanly possible And then after the work is finished, like I want to work at least 20 hours out of the day. And then I want to play and hang out with my children at least another 15 hours out of the day. And so the problem comes in where you have a 35-hour schedule in a 24-hour day that doesn't include sleep.
1: Yeah, because it sounds like the way you're speaking is that now you appreciate time way more uh, now than before the um then well not near death, the death experience that you had. And I feel yeah. like that's what some people, you know, miss out. Like they oh we got all the time in the world. But I feel like talking to you right now, like time is very precious. You have to make sure right. that yeah. that thirty five schedule, hour schedule has to be fitting in the twenty four hour schedule.
0: Right. And 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 I gotta find a few more hours for sleep.
2: Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. um,
0: it's kinda like in the bible and right now we've been having a lot of these god versus science types of conversations Mm -hmm. and uh, somebody was like oh so you're saying that um i forgot what was the question it was related to um time and space versus the creation of, of man or whatever the case may be but um what i was saying was that uh time and space in essence, didn't exist until there was a consciousness to perceive them. Mm. So, you know, you, you you don't really have an unlimited window here, you know, because even if you're just thinking about how long you're going to be alive, there's no guarantee on how long you're going to be alive and there's even less of a guarantee on how you're going to be living or what condition your body will be in Mm -hmm. so you know you never know how long you're going to be able to play basketball with your son you never know how long you're going to be able to run behind your daughter and try to teach her how to ride a bike or whatever the case may be you know so you want to knock those out get those experiences in and, and you can do whatever you can do while you can
1: that's really good okay and so with the beginning, as far as your searchings, um, you mentioned before uh, you dibble and dabble in a little bit of everything as far as biochemistry and et cetera. How did you begin to start the studying as um, far as the practice of healing? You know, did you start picking up books? Did you go back to school? Did you take courses, internet research? How did you start as far as the beginning of your searchings and the practice of healing?
0: All of the above. Okay. Um, as a child, uh, so first thing, um, first things first, when I was born, like as so soon as I, soon as like I slid down my mom's birth canal, my dad, uncles, cousins, brothers, like all of the older men in my life was like pushing advanced, <laughs> advanced kind of you know, information on me, whether it was Nation of Islam or Biblical Quran, like it was just, you know, so, um, but outside of that, as a child, my thing, I was into like card tricks, making stuff disappear and all of that kind of stuff. And that kind of just grew into like science experiments and playing with stuff. And from there, I didn't really like science in school, but I loved science at home. I wanted to play with stuff and mix stuff and see what stuff I could mix from the kitchen under the kitchen cabinet to make stuff smoke and smell bad. And, you know, like what, if I could, you know, I I don't know. I just did a whole bunch of experiments. You know what I'm Mm saying? Some, I I got some, some weren't, weren't necessarily the best of experiments. So me and my little sister, Michelle, we got in trouble for a couple of things, but, um, um, that my love of science was just, it was just a love of science. It wasn't necessarily healing.
2: Mm-hmm. So that
0: wasn't, that wasn't the bag I was in first. Um, <clears throat> really just love of science. And then, um, and it was the textbook way. So it wasn't like uh, Dr. Africa, and Sabi and all of that kind of stuff. It was just textbook science and just learning how things really worked at their most innermost intimate level. Um, Later on, I got exposed to holistic health and it was just a, um, it was really like a layup. Because I had so many years of studying the body and biochemistry, everything made sense to me on a level that most people, even the people that were teaching me,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I understood what they were teaching me more than they did because my initial studies people will be like, Oh, you know, kind of like now, you know what I'm saying? And it's like a pet peeve of mine now, but, um, so I guess I probably should take it more easy on those people because I (laughs) I guess the entry level information is what allows people to get in on the entry level and then advance their study. But, um, just, you know, just hearing stuff like, you know, uh, you know, Sarsaparilla is good for this or, you know, Dandelion or whatever. And, um, I realized quickly that the people that were saying these things about herbs, like you go to little herbal shops and you buy in herbs and you ask them about herb and they'll be like, oh, yeah, this one to clean you out. or This one is good for your brain or this one is good for that. I realized very quickly that those people didn't understand the biochemistry of plants, nor did they know the biochemistry of people. Mm -hmm. They were simply repeating what people had told them and then what they may have observed from using but the way my mind functions, I can't sleep like that. Like, it's literally, like, almost like just, like, it's it's a gift and a curse.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I literally cannot sleep like that. Like, I have to know how something works. You know what I'm saying? Especially okay. when it comes to that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have to know. Like, if, if I see a herb, like, I, how, I just won't stop. It's relentless. So, if, when it comes to, like, I... Anywhere I go, I develop within a matter of weeks a huge book collection. So I stay in books, but also, like, I'm not against video. Like, you hear a lot of guys say, oh, you're doing Google research. Um, All of the guys that even use that terminology are idiots. Oh, wow. We have at our disposal every single um, encyclopedia on earth at a click you would sure. be an idiot not to use the internet. Like you literally have every library on earth right at your search bar. Bam. You know, now to limit yourself to the internet, I think will probably be a, a disservice. I, I don't believe in that, but mm-hmm. using it as a reference tool, definitely. And then, um, later on, I would be lucky enough to meet some people that were, uh, really, really, um, sophisticated in, in, in regards to the healing and be able to take what I knew to a whole nother level, shout out mama pill and the family. Um, but yeah, so it, it's just, it's been an accumulation of, of trial and error work. And then, um, life forcing me to apply some of the things I know, like when my heart stopped to be able to rehabilitate myself.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Then years later, my daughter got uh, hit by a car. Her neck was broken. Her spine was broken. That was a real tough spot. Oh, wow.
2: Um,
0: And and that, you know, just situations like that, Um, even maybe a year or so, like maybe a year and change ago, my daughter, Aubrey, everybody loves Aubrey online. Mm
2: -hmm. Um,
0: her, she's a twin. Her sister Kylie was chasing her through the house and she fell down and broke her two front teeth. Mm. Yeah. So we go to the um, it wasn't that her two front teeth were broke. It was the, the connections in the gums were broken.
1: Oh. yeah, oh, baby. It was,
0: yeah, it was wicked. So we go to the um uh, to the to the little uh, to the emergency uh, dentist and um, he sends us to another dentist, so we go to that dentist, um, uh, they basically like, look, uh, you know, we can pull them out. You know, she's a baby, she's four, they'll, you know, she's, these are not her adult teeth, so don't worry about it. We can pull them out, she'll get another set, it'll be no problem. And I was like, Ah! I'm cool. <laughs> right.
1: For her to go I'm through cool that at just, such a young age.
0: Right. I, I'm like, I got that little, that little ignorance streak helps me out. It's just not belligerent <laughs> because I'm, 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 I don't mind doing the work mm-hmm. to get the results that I'm looking for. Like a lot of people, um, which is dangerous, and that's why I always tell people, go to the doctor, go to the hospital. Um, I'm not one of those people that, that try to take that away from people because I know, for 99.9% of the people, is dangerous because they don't have the information or the discipline to really, to really go hard with the holistic uh, approach to a lot of scenarios. But um,
1: and I took home. To interject, and with the doctor situation, I hear a lot of recommendations. You want to hear more than one doctor's advice. Is it best to just go home? In search, like you mentioned, you told that doctor, no, I'm not with it. Is it a situation where you sometimes have to take a step back and do your own research? Or you may want to take multiple advices as far as, like, people that are in that particular industry or specialists before you make a decision?
0: Uh, Well, for me, I think no matter who you are, the more information you get on a situation, the better. That's why I always promote literacy on everything, Mm -hmm. especially I think information is always the key you always want more perspective Um, but then there's a point where you have to take action right especially if you're dealing with a health issue because not in every case but in in some cases the longer you wait to begin taking action the worse it can get Mm. so but I just, I did, you know, kind of what I did for her sister years back. You know, I just took her home and just daddy, it's, it's daddy time, you know, and I put, put the formula together. You know, we now, um, now it's on a website. It's called uh, Calcium or something like that. I think it is. And, um, I just started giving her the herbs every day. And I think we had another appointment, a comeback appointment set up for, um, it was maybe like four or five weeks, and uh, we went back, and they was like, "Oh my God, this is a miracle!" You know, her her
2: That's teeth, beautiful. Said, you, know,
0: it, you know, the bone is grown back in, and I'm I'm looking at her. I'm just shaking my head, like, "Yeah," but in my mind, I'm like, "No, it ain't no damn miracle. This is work."
1: <laughs> <laughs> he said, this is work.
0: Yeah, because children don't necessarily like herbs all day. You know what
1: I'm saying? But, right. Um, you know, but I had to give her that, and then
0: I got to make her special food every time because her teeth were soft. Mm-hmm. So anything that she would try to eat would automatically start the teeth like to hurt and all of that oh. kind of stuff. Um, so it was work for me, you know what I'm saying? And it's me alone with the children. It's not like me and their mom or me and, and, and another woman trying to, you know what I'm saying? It's me.
2: Mm-hmm. So I got to
0: cook for everybody and then deal with her play. And then she's mad
2: because she's the, you know, she's greedy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> she's, yeah. Yeah. You know what
0: I'm saying? Like, she's, she's like, Dad, I want to grow up and be a cooker. Right. Before she knew that she meant chef. Now she's like, I want to grow up and be a chef. But back then she's like, I want to grow up and be a cooker. You know what I'm saying? So she was all about food anyway. So to see everybody else eat like full plate and she's got some soft whatever. She's like, nah, this is not the plan. So it was tough to get through those couple of weeks and stay disciplined with the food and the herbs and all of that. But she has a smile. You know what I'm saying? So it's that's that was what's all that, that was important to me. She has her smile. If I would have went with what the orthodontist was saying, you know, she would have probably been able to enjoy her food for an extra couple of weeks. But <laughs> till she's like ten years old, she wouldn't be able to smile and take pictures and feel pretty.
2: That's you know, so, so that to me
0: was more important than. Sometimes it's tough as a parent mm-hmm. because you're, you're faced with a situation where it's a small. Period of time of being uncomfortable versus a really long period of time of comfort, or do you cave in um, and just try to create the comfort? But it's a it's going to be a much longer period of uncomfortableness. Like when um, Amber, my older daughter, when she got hit by the car,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, me and her mom was arguing a lot because I was like totally against all of the doctor recommended stuff and. You know, um, I did a lot of rehab in the house with her, you know, and it was like, no, like they were just like everybody, all of the professionals, her mom, like everybody was like, no, 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 everything (laughs) that I was doing, uh, like everybody was just like, no, you're not supposed to do that. You can't do that. That is inappropriate. You're hurting her. It's uncomfortable. (laughs) Right. Right. Seven, eight months later she's back in school you know what I'm saying now right. she's on she's on dance teams and, and baseball teams except et cetera, etc cetera, when they said she would never even walk again wow. so in my mind it's like yeah what I was doing was probably a lot more uncomfortable than what they recommended comma, mm-hmm. however she has her life back
2: and that yeah.
0: around and whatever she's she you know she's she's lit
2: you know, so it was a few
0: months worth of, you know, like <clears throat> hell a little bit, like, like a light version of hell, like purgatory, you know what I'm saying? But you know, now she's, you know, she's lit, you know what I mean? And so um, sometimes it's tough as a parent in all situations, you know what I mean?
1: And so how do you balance that? Because, I mean, you have your searches that you do, your research and things, you teach and then you have your family. How are you balancing that? Because like you mentioned, you had to spend quite a while to help your daughters um, as far as in rehab, uh, getting them back to where they were before those accidents happened in their lives. How do you balance all of that together? Or even if there is a balance?
0: Um, priority. <laughs> <laughs> shifting, shifting priority. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. the first priority is just them, you know what I mean? And then everything falls in the place behind that. Um, and so that's, that's just pretty much a shift in priority. I'm not on the priorities. Like I'm not high up on the priority thing. So um, a lot of the times I think that's an issue with parents. Like they, um, Uh, I don't know. It's a complicated conversation because I think that um, it goes back to, because a lot of times parents will have children, but they're not ready to turn their life over to the children yet. And I don't mean turn over, mm. like let the children run the household. I just mean shift priorities, like live for the children. Okay. And I think that's a byproduct of unplanned children. Like most of the adults, like we, like most of the adults in the world were not planned. Right. True. You know, we kind of just start, you know, you find somebody you like, you know, you start doing it, you know, who knows how long before you're doing it with no protection. And then, boom, at some point, you know, hey, babe, I'm pregnant. What you want to do? I don't know what you want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, let's keep it. And then, bam, you know, there's another human in the world. So in that paradigm, sometimes people weren't really ready to give up some chunk of their life, some time and and really, you know, reprioritize. Me, on the other hand, my dad had a bunch of children. And so as a child, I always wanted to, um, like, that was always my dream. So that's why I feel like a millionaire already, even though I'm nowhere near it.
2: Mm -hmm. I
0: already feel rich and wealthy and successful because I've hit my goal. So my goal was always to just have enough money to um just be with my children like every day all day like not have to work or leave the house and you know like i just wanted to be at the house with them and just annoy the hell out of them like all. Day. <laughs> you know what i'm saying so Same
2: what i matter. do
0: is, makes that a reality for me so That's another. So not only did I love science as a passion and a hobby anyway, but now being, um, being that my hobby, my love, my passion has been able to afford me the type of lifestyle that I wanted. You know, it, it just makes more sense for me. So that's another piece to it. Like, um, and I I have to credit myself with, um, some portion of uh, messing up
2: <laughs> 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 mm-hmm. the
0: holistic healer coming along because when people see me, you know, they see the jewelry and the gold teeth, and they see, you know, how I wear my clothes and just where I'm from. A lot of times people take that to think that there's a shortcut to do what I do. Mm-hmm. So early on um like healing healing my uh healing myself uh, when my daughter got hit by the car i didn't have any certifications then i wasn't a doctor i didn't have any certification there was no schooling on it except for what i taught myself
2: nice.
0: but from my dad um he taught me about like, he, he schooled me to um you know just gave me a different way of view a lot of things so a lot of the books that I would read, like that I have in my library, are actually college textbooks.
2: Oh, okay. So
0: so I was homeschooling myself, you know, a lot of the time. Because he was like, you know, you pay a lot of money to go to college, but you're really only paying for the piece of the paper so that you can uh, present to businesses that wanna hire you. Like you're paying to get jobs, places to get the credential. Mm -hmm. because if you're just looking for the education the education is separate right so when people go maybe i should have started that way Mm -hmm. when people go to college it's two separate things you're paying for education and then you're also paying for credential Mm. credential is what costs much more it's like everything else in our society we pray for the we pay not pray we pay for the name brand Right, so if you go to Payless, you can get a pair of sneakers made out of the same material, same sole, same stitching as Nike. The Nike might cost you ninety dollars. The Payless shoe might cost you fifteen.
1: Paying for the right? brand,
2: but
0: because you're paying for the logo.
2: Mm-hmm. The
0: so he told me that you can go get the education without the credential by simply going to the college campuses and buying used books. So That's smart. Uh, yeah, so a lot of a lot of my early education um, in terms of health and biochemistry was just me going to uh, used uh, college bookstores and just buying the books there. You know, even some colleges, they didn't allow people that didn't have student ID. So I would just send people I know and they're like, yo, go get me this, huh? Here's this. Take this little 400, kind. go get me these two books. You know, because college textbooks be expensive.
1: Expensive. Um, <laughs> four hundred dollars for a book jeez that's car note
0: (laughs) so um but later on there were um there were places and it's and it's not the grass it was grass is greener syndrome Mm -hmm. so not and I, i i didn't realize how affected we are by haters quote unquote
2: right yes
0: and so um your haters will tell you that you're not qualified enough to do what it is that you do. But the people that support you, they they're not gonna like they're not gonna flinch. So, um, but listening to the haters, you know, I'm like, Oh, okay, let me go get this certification. Oh, let me go get that certification, oh let me go get this certification. Mm-hmm. Then even collecting all the certifications, people are still like, Oh, but you're not a doctor though, right? And I heard that so many times. I just like to slap people in the face. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I'm just like, you know what? Uh, let me go get me an ND. I don't need to be an MD. I'll get an ND, and I'll be a naturopathic doctor. So I spent all the money to go. Like it's just a bunch of money you spending and time to get these certifications. And then once you get them, you realize it's <laughs> like, yo, I'm doing the same business that same I was thing. doing Just credentials. I- Paper. Mm-hmm. I just spent a whole bunch of money on credentials that haven't opened any doors or got me anywhere that I wouldn't be with, that I wouldn't be anyway without those credentials. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, the credentials are cool to have, I guess, um, to show your children. Like it's it's cool for that for me. You know what I mean? To show my babies, like, look, you no, know, daddy's a real doctor. Like you know, you can you can do this your own way. Um, And I had the privilege to go to like a a, a black owned uh, school and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's some real, some real cool stuff attached to it. But in terms of business, it doesn't really, uh, we live in an information age. So to be honest, what's the most important thing in any business? It doesn't matter if you're an athlete or you're a plumber. Like it's, it really just comes down to, do you know what you're talking about?
1: True. You know, can you demonstrate that you really know what it is that you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Period. Because for the people
0: that matter, they're always going to have a, um, they're going to have some degree of knowledge in whatever it is that you're talking about.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And those people will be able to pick up within the first three three, first 30 seconds of what you're talking about. If you are really uh, qualified, or if you really know, you know, if you really put your time in to that field, you know, mm-hmm. so. Um, so, yeah, it, it, the, the credentials, you know, it's, it's you know, we just got to get get a little focused, you know what I mean? And, you know, figure some stuff out. But
2: okay. If the a-
0: in the right place, it'll take you where you want to go.
1: Okay, and so with that being stated, um I've seen the title associated with you herbalist, a uh, living biochemist. I want to talk about those terms and what do they mean because now you see that a lot you know I'm an herbalist, I can help you with this I can help you with that, but what is the term for living biochemist and also being an herbalist
0: <clears throat> okay, that's a good question
1: <laughs> thank you. <laughs>
0: Good question. All right, so, all right, where we want to start with? All right, so let me give you the rundown on the herbalist. Now, the rundown on the herbalist to, in today's world, twenty twenty, okay. right? Mm-hmm. In twenty twenty, from my personal experience. of the people calling themselves herbalists are people that have watched a few videos on YouTube and now they think they're deep.
1: Mm. Now that's
2: deep.
0: Yeah, so you ask them, hey, you know, I want to cleanse my liver. And they're like, oh, whoa, you know, a proper herb to cleanse your liver is, is milk thistle you may want to mix a little milk thistle with some turmeric and that's going to be a great compound to cleanse the liver and and start the you know the putrefaction process and get you a real good cleansing and restore the liver function and when people hear that they like man all right this brother's sharp and then they go home and they look up milk thistle and turmeric and they like yeah man these do work to help out the liver man, that brother was sharp mm-hmm but that's not really a herbalist you know um and when i went to school um to be a to be a certified master herbalist you learn um the categories of herbs like you you there's just so much more that you learn about herbs and then um our teacher would not allow us to just study the herbs. We needed to know the soil and the conditions. I mean, not to not not to the extent like it was agriculture class, but like we had to learn a lot more about the plants. We learn about the roots and the relationship of the roots to the fungus and, and the soil and the, how the, the, the symbiotic relationship of the the, the, the stuff and uh, the fungus and the microorganisms. And, help the plants to break down minerals and stuff and make it bioavailable. And so there's a whole nother level to actually going to school to, uh, to study herbs than, um, you know, just watching a few videos. Mm-hmm. But, uh, in terms of living biochemists, now that was a, a a curriculum that I put together all by myself living biochemistry
2: okay.
0: because even with uh, biochemistry as it's taught in um, you know the western western academia it's boring it's boring it puts people to sleep you know what I'm saying it's just like dead you know it's just chemical jargon you mm-hmm. know so um, I wanted to create it Situation where people could study it and have the passion to study it like I did at home. Mm. And the reason I did, the reason it was so uh, fun for me and still continues to be so fun for me is because all science I study with like I I don't know, a human-centric point of view. I don't even know if that term exists. We might have just coined that right now. But, um, <laughs> it's, it's always... Uh, something in relation to me Mm -hmm. and how my body functions, you know? And so, um, that was a, uh, within that paradigm, I was able to make some really uh, complex subjects fun for people. And we put together probably, we did about two and a half year curriculum, um, I haven't made it like public. I don't know exactly what I want to do with it since then, but um, mm-hmm. um, it's led to my probably best selling book so far, which is Eat Right for Your Haplotype. Because studying biochemistry from a me centric point of view, the first thing you come across is you realize that everybody has a unique biochemistry.
2: Okay.
0: Like, even identical twins from the first time that they start to take, their fir- from the first breath they take, their insides start to become different, mm. you know? Then um, as they start to eat different things, you know, if they're both on the breast, it's, they're still having some similarity. But the first time that one of them has, and it's just for example, but for the first time, one of them has the pancake for breakfast and the other one has, you know, like uh, two oranges and an apple, you know, everything is different. You know Mm. what I'm saying? So enzymes will be different. The microorganisms will be different. And your enzymes and microorganism population largely, um, controls your biochemistry to some degree. So everybody's got a unique biochemistry. And then when you, and that's talking about twins, um, when you move outside of that and you start to see that we have different bloodlines and haplotypes that populate the planet, Mm -hmm. um, there are some pretty, pretty, pretty big differences between the different uh, races of people. Um, uh, with the biggest contrast being between, you know, like European people and, I guess, African. If that's cool, you know what I'm saying. Like, I've never seen uh, white folks or European people get crazy with each other about what they're called. But yes. with black folks, I mean, you say African, and be like, I'm not African. Mm-hmm. I'm melanin. Yeah. Like, hold I'm melanated. I'm a Moor. You know, hold on, I'm Haitian Jamaican. So you know, it's always crazy when 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 calling us a one name. You know, trying to put us under one umbrella. Like we don't we don't even want to be unified, even in theory. It's
1: <laughs> terrible, but I so get exactly what you're saying. It's that's so crazy to me. It's like colorism is more so in the black african-american community than any other community as far as cultures it's like why do we have to separate ourselves i so get what you're saying <laughs> it's crazy yeah, we, we
0: definitely get crazy but um the most pronounced differences are definitely between uh melanated uh, uh african people and, and europeans and so um those differences play a key role in illness. So, when you speak to the general public, it's an emotional thing. But in the science world, um, it's not because they run tests that way. All of the tests are done when they create statistics. They're done um, based on your biochemistry because they understand. Like scientists, they understand that this is just. It's not. You know, this is just what it is. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying study black people to understand black people you have to study white people to understand white people you have to study mexicans to understand mexicans because everybody's going to be different you know and different bloodline you have uh different enzyme sets like i said just it's just a a variety of difference like we would have to do a whole show on it to just cover all the differences but Mm -hmm. respiratory rates neurochemistry um metabolism anabolic hormone product, like just just literally everything. The, the, the uh, respiratory proteins and the mitochondria are different. So it, it, it's just it's like it's, everything is different. So there's no cookie cutter. That's one of the biggest uh, misconceptions that people have with health. Like it's just like, okay, if everyone does this then everyone will be healthy. No, because everyone's different. So everything's going to affect everybody differently, whether you're talking about pharmaceutical drugs or herbs, like it doesn't matter what it is. Everybody's body's different. So we're going to receive stuff differently. So you got to take your studies in multiple levels. Like There's one thing you study in general, but then you got to treat yourself like an ex, like you are your own lab rat, you know? So Mm. you can study and learn some stuff. um, But then also you got to see how those things apply to you and, sleep patterns and circadian rhythms and all that kind
1: of stuff okay and I know you mentioned earlier about your books um you've explained before. Um, That you want to, you know, make sure everything, you're transparent about everything and you go more in depth than any other books or any other teachings that people have put out there. Because let's be honest, some people keep knowledge and resources to themselves. But you have mentioned that you're all about transparency. Why is it so important for you to be so transparent and in depth about, you know, the different illnesses that we face today in the healing process?
0: Um. My my idea of what success is. Okay. The, so if your idea of success, like I was saying earlier, this is a great example. Um, if your idea of success and you're a healer, say, for instance, um, you have two healers, right, of mm-hmm. equal uh, prowess, equal talent, equal potential. They, they know just about the same stuff. Uh, but one guy's idea of success is getting, you know, like extremely rich um but the so so he's going to pretty much try to keep every slickness every uh work around every uh, um you know like every nuance of healing to himself so that he can actually, so he can monetize every little detail and facet of what it is he's doing because that's what it, success is for him.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: um for me what success means for me in terms of healing is being able to change the paradigm so being able to put a dent in metabolic illness Mm. where people can say okay this book right here eat right for your haplotype literally put a dent in metabolic illness like there's literally x amount of people x hundreds of thousands of people whose lives were save change turned around because of this, you know, because of this impact that he was able to make. So that's my idea of success. You know, it's not necessarily a certain monetary. So that, that perception is what would, you know, shift. So this is why we've had so many people that just haven't detailed the information in such a way and put it out there because, um, people will start to do their own thing. Mm -hmm. If people are protocols, then, you know, there's no guarantee that they're going to buy their stuff from you. They'll go wherever, you know what I'm saying? And then you lose that, you know, you lose a lot of sales that way. Mm. But for me, especially, um, and I tried to explain to people a lot in the documentary that I have out there called the soul craft, like you do actually have a soul. It is actually a real thing. Mm-hmm. You know, there actually, like, there's a whole another. There's actually a spiritual world. So, um, there's a very real uh, situation um, in terms of reaping what you sow out here. Okay. You know, um, so I'm also working for the next, the next world, the next life. What mm-hmm. I'm doing here, I'm also, you know, paying it forward. You know, in a selfish way. You know what I'm saying? Not even just think, not even thinking about helping everybody else, but helping myself because you you know, you wanna have a successful transition. You know what I'm saying? So that's a lot of true. people don't think about death enough to live properly.
2: Mm-hmm. That's but good.
1: when you
0: Yeah, but when you actually die. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. How is that transition gonna look like for you? Yeah. That's for you know, real. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, but, but you contemplate it quite. You, it's just you know how often you think about death um, changes when you actually can say, "Nah, I actually died a little while, and I decided I want to come back and hang out with y'all." <laughs>
1: <So>. <laughs> yes, that's wow. Okay, and so um, I do know that you have fast that you participate in. What is the forty-day fast?
0: Uh, what is the 40-day fast? So the 40-day fast, unbeknownst to all of the people that have uh, joined the fast over the years, so the fast has grown into like a big thing. Mm-hmm. It's got to such a big thing that like bigger companies saw what I was doing and stole my idea and
2: rebranded oh, no. it. Um,
0: but uh, it started out, oddly enough, It started out with my homeboy, Diallo, like cracking jokes. So we are doing a lecture up in Chicago. And for the people that uh, watch my channel, I've been doing a series of videos uh, trying to incorporate more children into conscious conversation. Mm -hmm. So there's a 14-year-old that I've been dialoguing with, his dad. So me and his dad. And this, this is back when... The 14-year-old, I don't know how old he was. He was probably like five or something, six or something like that. He was little. Um, but now he's tall and big and he's, he's deep, you know, his voice is getting deep. Anyway, um, we out in Chicago, I think it was, doing a lecture. And uh, we went to some vegan restaurant. And uh, they had these these cheesecakes made out of nuts. and just They just had so many delicious things in there. hmm had like a plate of spaghetti i had like two or three cheeseburgers i had like five or six pies and it was just some point where he just like like banged the gavel on the table like the judge like yo <laughs>
2: what's
0: happening to you like you like a you got a tapeworm like what are you doing over there so like you're a lot
1: of Greece? food <laughs> yeah and so he just kept going
0: in on me and he was like bro when you get back to philly you need to go on a fast like you got to go on a fast for at least a month like this is crazy <laughs> and, um, i kind of like did that but i made it a thing you know what i'm saying i t- t- told all the people um i was like listen i'm gonna start this fast of 40 days um based on the, the, the Bible forty day uh you know. So I'm like about to start this fight, forty day fast, you know, and then and, and people got on it and then I, I start getting on him. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, Philly's strong, you know, we out here, we looking crazy, so what's up? Talk to me. What what Ohio ready to do? Right. <laughs> yeah, well Ohio, whoop, whoop and there was some people out there from uh from Africa, I think it was a women's group and they had took the idea back to Africa and you know, then people started to, to hear the conversation and you know, um, it became, you know, it got competitive. Like people like New York, like, hold on. So y'all trying to say what well, New York is, you know, but before you know, we had a bunch of people on, the, on the first fast. And then, uh, we started doing them annually every June. And, um, it got really ridiculous at some point. I'm not mm-hmm. going
2: to lie. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah, it like, like within the first like two or three years, it got really crazy. Like we were literally, like one of those years, we, we damn near fasted the entire year.
2: Wow. Because every
0: time we turned around, there would be a reason to fast. Like, oh man! Somebody got a new job. We should do a forty-day fruit fast. Somebody just passed away. We should do a fast. Somebody just uh, graduated from school. We should do a fast. Yo, holidays is coming up. We should do a fast in preparation for the holidays. No, then when the is... came, like, hey, we should fast through the holidays. Like. Like it got really crazy.
1: You know now, what I is mean? it was it people that was just surrounding you or was it like the community that were already doing the fast with you that was like, Hey, you know, I recommend it, do another fast, I recommend I do another fast? Was it just like your close knit or was it just the community itself?
0: No, online, this thing wow. had legs because I had already been teaching for so many years that people were following me for the health information anyway. So, incorporating the fasting was just like, you know, an extension of what we were already doing. Mm-hmm. And um, with us, the 40 day fruit fast wasn't like just all watermelons and mangoes, it was fruit of the earth. Mm-hmm. So, fast still includes, you know, herbs, vegetables,
2: mm-hmm. um,
0: nuts, greens, <laughs> like all of the things that grow from the earth. It was fruit of the earth. So, um, no, we have, we, at, at this point, um, it's probably close to a quarter of a million people have done the fast with us.
1: Congrats. That is amazing.
0: But, but slow, like, you know what I'm saying? Just, um, I think the first year we had a couple thousand Mm -hmm. and then more people watched us fast than actually fasted. And then, um, People felt left out as it became a thing, and then we got a Facebook group, and it became a vibe, and then we started making shirts, and you know, like it got crazy, and then um, you know, so as people started to feel left out, people started joining. But since it's online, people could participate anywhere. So I had people from Brazil and Germany, Japan, and Africa, and it got crazy, like like literally, people all over the world were doing it. And then people were buying my books because I put out a book on it. And then people start doing it on their own. They weren't even doing it with us, mm-hmm. right? So they were doing it at their own time, on their own leisure, like, hitting me up, sending me messages like, hey, Inky, um, I, I just started the 40-day fast at my job with my coworkers and, yo, I'm in college. I'm about to run this fast for the off season and whoop whoop. So it grew legs. It grew yeah. legs until I start hearing, like, radio stations. They stole it. We got a 40-day 40 day remakes and all kinds of like it were just um, you know but I never um, I didn't you know I would have appreciated 40 day fast but being that it was something that started in the Bible I didn't really feel like I didn't make a big deal out of it you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. um, I didn't make a big deal out of it So, um, but yeah, it it grew really fast. It's it's global. It's a global thing now. Like people, it's a thing, (laughs) you know, it's a vibe.
1: That's amazing. So um, I want to talk to you about people who say the healthy lifestyle is expensive and, you know, them trying to eat and go that route is more expensive basically versus just going to McDonald's and picking up a dollar burger. What do you have to say for those people? Cause I know that you're, you know, watching what you eat. You're a part of that healthy lifestyle, which you intake, be careful on what you intake for those people that come back with the, the feedback, what well, is just too expensive to do that? What would be your response for that?
0: I would say that, um, it's, it's, uh, It's like drug addict behavior. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we always justify our addictions, right? Mm -hmm. Because some people use that. I've heard that exact thing right there. Like, yo, I could go to McDonald's and get a burger for a dollar. Right. But what adult have you ever seen eat one dollar burger?
1: That is true. They want a exactly. fry. They want a soda. Right. Right. <laughs> going to
0: get three. Uh, let me get two of them. them two of them double cheeseburgers. Right. And let me get one of them uh, chicken sandwiches. Let me get the smaller. Let me get that dollar fry. And um, yeah, I probably take like a little. Give me, give me a couple of them apple pies.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So you in the dollar menu, but you still spending seven, eight dollars at the dollar menu. All right.
1: I see what you're um, saying
0: that rules that out. Then you look at um then when you examine your plate, right? If you just if you if you like cook a home cooked meal and you look at your plate of food, the most expensive thing on the plate of food is meat. Mm-hmm. That's so so true. even that rules itself out. The moment you take your meat off the plate, your plate drops in price almost 50%. Because the meat is the most expensive thing on it. And then, um, so you can easily get like, it's, 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 I mean, it just, it just makes much more sense. You, you, when you eat the grains and the, uh, you can easily get the grains and the, even if you don't starches, like starches are still cheaper than, than meat. So it's just, it just doesn't hold up to close scrutiny when you examine it. Um, and then when you begin to factor in things like money, when I say money, I mean like, um, so that I'm not factoring things like money. Um, we are already factoring in money but factoring in things like your long-term economic situation for instance sick days from work or um and sick days from work are nowhere near <laughs> as damaging as running your own business because uh when you first start your own like your entrepreneurial uh pursuits you're usually self-employed True, right people don't realize it like we we just mix all that stuff into one thing. We think owning a business and being self-employed is the same thing. It's super different. Mm. Because if you own a business for real, for real, the business runs without you. That's the major difference between a self, being self-employed and owning a business.
2: That's really like, good.
0: Like managers and employees that are going to do every facet of what needs to be done without you having to be there. Right. Um, Self-employed, though, is different. Self-employed is where most people that own businesses are. And um, if you get sick or under the weather, your business stops. True. So um, when you take in that and then you take in how much money you save in in prevention, you know, um, it really shows up in the vegan and holistic lifestyles where they say an ounce of prevention is better than a pound to cure. Um, it really turns into dollars is really more like 50 cents in prevention is better than a hundred dollars in cure, you know, because you, you spend a lot less money in surgeries and medications and things like that over the course of your life. Um, then uh in quality of life in quality of life because you have the you you maintain your your youth mm-hmm. you know you can still play basketball with your children like i know i know guys that are like my best friend died from a heart attack
1: wow I'm sorry about
0: that wow and my best friend died from a heart attack and when i say best friend he was with me through my whole transition different stages of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, and helped me put the stickers on my first few bottles of herbs and you know, um, like he was there with me the whole time. Right. So I was filling him with all of the information more than anybody else. I was like, Bro, what are you doing? You, mm-hmm. you can't eat that next to me. Somebody might even see us out together. Like you cannot eat that while you're standing next to me. Like that cannot happen. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I used to be on uh you on know, them crazy about that, pause, you know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. um, You know, he just was like, yo, when I'm ready, I'll make the changes and woo-woo-woo. Before before even Desmond had another homeboy, Um, his name was Vic. Vic died at 30. Um, And the craziest thing about Vic passing away was um, it affected me, you know, different than a lot of other people. There were people in the neighborhood that were a lot closer to Vic than me, but it affected me different because... My uncle Willie, right? Um, he was a really—he was like sixty in his sixties, but he was still super muscular and going to the gym all the time. Mm-hmm. And he used to take me with him to the gym. My my teenage years, going to the to the gym with uh, to go to the gym with Willie. Now, Chris and Vic used to be sitting behind my building. You know, they 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 blowing something down and they got the beer cracked. And you know, they see me walking out to go to the gym with Willie. They used to make jokes, mm-hmm. Be like, yo, what you going to the gym for, you know, you know, uh, niggas don't fight no more, they shoot, you know what I mean, nobody don't need to, so they used to harass me like that for going to the gym with Willie.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it, it just affected me when uh, Vic passed away, because he actually went behind the building, to the schoolyard, 151 at the time. I think they renamed the school. But he went behind the building to play basketball one-on-one with his dad, who was twice his age. His dad was twice his age. And they out there in the sun playing basketball. And the sun was literally too much for Vic, and he fell dead on the spot. Oh, wow.
3: So That's
0: things nice. like that, you know, also, it's not just, like, people listening, like, oh, well, you know, he his situation, his daughter, and stuff like that. It's people around me Mm -hmm. that that provided inspiration for me early on and then continuing inspiration as I continue to still see, you know, just preventable things affect loved ones. That's probably one of the toughest things. Like I tell people that all the time, the toughest thing you have to do if you really want to be a holistic healer is get comfortable with watching people you love die from easily preventable stuff.
1: Oh, that's deep. Yeah. Because everybody's not going to take your advice. Even though you're a specialist and you know what you're doing, everybody's just not going to accept that advice. Or they're going to do it on their own time, and it may be too late. Correct, Amanda. Wow. Okay. And so um, I did see an episode. um, I don't know. I was fine. I was just looking up some stuff, right? And then you mentioned something about intimately knowing who you are. What are some steps Where you can just sit down And I know you mentioned something about meditation But you were like you really have to know who you are And then it begins those steps Of you know healing um, Knowing you know your ancestors And God and things of that nature What are some steps To to start that process first Of getting to know who you are As a person you know intimately mm.
0: Wow that's some really good
1: questions. Thank you. Um,
2: I don't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: I'm gonna tell you. I really don't know because, like I said, I was groomed. I was groomed to be this guy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, like, since I was born, I had a certain type of, you know, people were around me. A certain type of people around me teaching me, like for a child, really outlandish (laughs) and crazy stuff. You know what I'm saying? So, all of the stuff that people learn now, like, as adults in the conscious, quote-unquote, woke community, right? just imagine, like, trying to teach this to a baby that's six months old or one years old. Like, that's me. Mm -hmm. So, um, later on, you know, I'm kind of putting things together and even the things that are brand new insights or discoveries of mine are based on years and years and years of of work even before I knew that later on these things would be relevant because as a teenager even in my 20s like I was a like a monster I was there's no way that you would think that I would be a person that would be healing people at like this this was unforeseeable
2: <laughs> 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 so um to
0: go back to go back and now you hear them argue about the lol dog
2: house <laughs>
1: you know, that's too funny it's cute nice
0: um yeah it, i would say um find some facet of uh, study that you're passionate about because what you're passionate about what you enjoy you'll be able to do longer
2: Mm. because
0: it's all going to be rigorous so for me to tell uh, john q public to start studying biochemistry when they may not even have a good mental endurance they may not even have a strong enough mental endurance to read and study like that you know what Mm -hmm. i mean it's going to defeat the purpose. They'll probably do it for a few minutes, put the book down, never turn back. Um, or to tell somebody to study their history, you know, get into their near history, study like American history and then, you know, go abroad and study Caribbean and, and uh, African history, and global economics. Um, that just may not suit them. You know what I'm saying? So
2: mm-hmm.
0: I would say start with harassing your family. That's a good place to start.
2: Mm, right. Okay. Uh,
0: just in general, you know what I'm saying, to get to know yourself. Like, start harassing your family before you uh, start talking crazy, because I hear a lot of people, especially in the pro-black, conscious, woke paradigm, you know, they talk crazy, and um, they don't know that just maybe two generations before them, they may have a bunch of white folks in their family. You know what I'm
2: saying? Yeah.
0: Or may have a bunch of Spanish folks. <laughs> Germans or whatever in your family and you just like you know so I would say start to talk to people and get get the living get into the living books before you go anywhere else get into the living books so your mom your dad like sit them down and like interrogate them don't ask them questions like interrogate them Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying like get it all out of them you know what I'm saying everything even stuff you don't think is important you know, I learned more about my dad after he passed away than I probably all his life while he was alive. Mm-hmm. Um, so, interrogate your family members. You know what I'm saying. And then, uh, you know, to go back to the oldest ones alive. If you got grandparents, if you're lucky enough to still have grandparents, interrogate them while you have them.
2: You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying?
0: totally. Like. Right, if you're blessed and you've got great grandparents alive, yeah, should be like literally, as like, soon as you hear what I'm saying, after this is finished, get a notebook, call them, go to their house, whatever, and start to interrogate them right now. Don't waste a minute,
2: yeah. If you have great grandparents, they could go tonight, you know what I'm saying? Like, that they could be going so tonight, they can go to
0: sleep and just not wake up,
2: yeah, um, true
0: um but find the oldest family members and work your way backwards down to the to the youngest all the way to the people around you even people that's your age um you'd be surprised what they know like my little sister um when i was really in the heat of of interrogating my family to figure out what they know because these people are living books um my little sister michelle she was like oh i didn't know you was into you know whatever whatever um let me tell you what I found out when I was digging. You know, she found out that um, a part of our family invented stripe beer. I think that's what it's the stripe beer, like yes. in Jamaica.
1: Yeah, it has a red logo, red and white logo. Yeah. Yes.
0: Know, yep. Yeah, yeah. And nice. then, um, uh, my brother, he was like, "Yeah, we got some family members that was tied into like founding Duke University, or, you know, some other stuff." So. You start poking around, you'll figure out you got some white folks, some red folks, some yellow folks, some you know, some all kinds of folks mixed in. Mm-hmm. You got folks that were probably, you know, like people that don't want to, you know, you don't want to remember the people <laughs> part of your family. Right. Then you got some people that there's some really amazing stuff that you, you know, you want to, you know, be proud of. Um, but all of that will give you a good living picture of who you are. Then you can start to go within and really process a lot of that information. And, and as you examine your biochemistry, you'll probably be able to uh, understand more about your personality from the picture you get from the living history and your internal now, you know, your internal now is always changing moment to moment, but that's, that's the, uh, the biochemical aspect of yourself. And then, um, you know, I would say, I would say, yeah, yeah go, go, that's a, that's a pretty good, you know, place to start that it'd be easy because if you learn about the different aspects like your living history mm-hmm. that probably rile you up to learn a little bit more of the more sciencey aspects of yourself
1: okay i like that you got me thinking or I, things i should have done while my grandparents were alive like maybe i'll probably reach out to their brothers and sisters now as like an yeah. alternative
0: Everybody, everybody. I, I, man, I found out I got NFL players in my family, all kind of stuff. You just start you start searching. You, I mean, this doesn't mean that they're going to mess with you. You know what I'm saying? They, they might not <laughs> do it with you. They show up at the crib like, "Oh, Let me hold $5. You know what I'm saying? Like,
1: <laughs> Right.
0: But, but, you know, it'll tell you a lot more about you. And then you'll have, like I said, my mind has always been about my children.
2: You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So you'll have more to pass them down
0: because then, you know, you can, you can share all this information with them. Like, listen, this is what you have in your family. You know, you don't have to tell them the fake old pro-black story. Like you, you hear,
1: um, yo, we come from Kings and Queens. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's a real quick response. that's,
0: That's a lie. That's, 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 that's pure made up baloney. All black people do not come from queen kings and queens. Like like any any of our great societies, when we go back to those societies, there was like a few people that were in the you know quote unquote aristocracy, but ninety percent of the people were common folks, just like today. So what if mm-hmm. you traced your family lineage back to Egypt, but your, you know, whoever your family member was, they were like a bum? or wow. they were like the library guy or they worked at the grocery store or wherever. Like they didn't, you like, just because, you know, like just because you're black doesn't mean your family members were pharaohs or like, that's crazy.
1: That's so real though, because that's the, what we see on social media is that, but when you think yeah. about it in those terms, that's so real. <laughs> you don't know who, like what type of position that that family member had at that time.
0: You know you, don't know, you don't know what your family member did back in the days. You know what I'm saying? And for some of us, you know what I'm saying? It, it may very well be true. You may have uh, a pharaoh or, or a king or emperor in your family line. But you may also have some murderers and some rapists and some maniacs back there, too. Yes. You know what I mean? Wow. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it's the numbers on your um,
2: your bloodline get very crazy very quickly.
0: Mm-hmm. So you're right before you You have two people Your mom and your dad But right above them They each have a mom and dad mm-hmm. So once you go back two, two slots You're looking at six people And then when you go back Since now we're dealing with four people Like your parents' parents Then those people have parents' parents So the numbers start to get crazy So you go from two to next after that it's four and then before that it's eight. Then after that it's sixteen. So now you add sixteen and eight, that's twenty four. Then you add another four, that's twenty eight. Then you add the other two, that's thirty. So just in four skips you got thirty people. You know what I'm saying? And that's not counting their sisters,
2: brothers and cousins. That's just parents of parents of parents. Right. You know
0: our DNA and our bloodlines are a lot more exciting than we would you know, we would care to think. So um, you know, it's a lot of information there, a lot of stories. And information is really all that, that life is about. True. And, you know, this is why our ancestors in all of our ancient texts always told us that life is light and light is life because that's really all all this is. That's why we're here to create more information and more genetic diversity, which is the reason why science is you know, panicking right now because we're losing genetic diversity. But we're losing genetic diversity because of the synthetic environment that we've created for ourselves to enjoy life more. So going back to what I was saying earlier about being a parent, sometimes you have to make decisions for your child to make them temporarily uncomfortable so they could be comfortable, more comfortable long-term. Well, as a people, we've created a synthetically super hyper comfortable situation for ourselves. Like the temperature is the same year round. Like we're tech, we're technically in a synthetically controlled environment where the temperature is around 70 degrees all the time because we have ACs, heaters, jackets, sweaters, um, we no longer get natural light on our bodies. Ninety-nine percent of the light that we get is from synthetic light bulbs, and like the water is comes out of plastic bottles. just it's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Even even when people are talking about waters, like I don't even talk, like a lot of my name is Inky. Like people know what that means, you know. So a lot of uh, what I used to teach people early on was based around water because your body is mainly water. Mm-hmm. But I just I don't even talk so much about water anymore because people just won't understand there's a huge difference between bottled water of any sort and natural water which is where you know life sprang from and began around Mm -hmm. you know natural water contains bacteria it contains living organisms like this this like living water is way different than anything you can get in a bottle Mm-hmm. And so now people think they've become aware of something because they watch two or three videos. So they're like, well, hold
2: on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> What's the
0: pH of that water?
2: Right. And
0: crazy. And pH is now driving people to pay $6 for, you know, like bottled water. And it's like, bro, but what does that mean? What's mm-hmm. the pH? That's not the end of the story. They've created machines like changing machines and all this foolishness that creates synthetically high pH. Natural uh, water with a high pH is based on the mineral and bicarbonate content.
2: Uh, it's not
0: based on like splitting water molecules in half and adding weird solutions. And it's like it's not. That's not natural water, you know. So, um, you know, I I don't even like people are just so crazy nowadays. There's so much to cover. <laughs>
1: All right, so the next segment, this is basically you just um, giving us some experiences from your life. And so the first half is um, what is something that you feel like you can brag about as far as your career, um, anything that you researched and um it came out good. Um, You helping out your kids with their, you know, healing. Anything high for Dr. Inky? Anything that you would be like, yes, that was amazing. I can't believe, you know, I did my research. It came out on top. Anything like that? Anything as far as a high? Um,
0: I think probably the highest of highs was uh, Amber.
1: That's beautiful. Yeah.
0: That was the highest of highs because um, when she had the accident, I was working at Verizon. Like, I was literally in the store working, and um, her mom and her mom's family, uh, they were kind of scared to call me um, because they knew I was going to be mad, and uh, so I could get to the hospital. Um, I was probably a hair away from being you know, like arrested in the hospital because I was going off on the doctors. Um, so eventually I raised so much hell in the hospital that they uh, they told me, they was like, uh, well, you know, there's an, is the, the best uh, uh, doctor in uh, Northeast America is not far. He's at a Columbia or Columbus. And um, that's like on
2: Broadway in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. and um dr lee you know
0: we can get you guys over there on the next you know as soon as she's you know stabilized whatever um we can get you guys over there and so um that was probably the the the, the best uh situation um in terms of I just, I got a bunch of moments, you know what I mean? I'm -hmm. I'm constantly trying to discover something new. I I like, I feel like we had so many geniuses like uh, Dr. Sabi and so many others already Mm -hmm. that I like to bring new things to the table instead of um, like memorizing and regurgitating, you know, some other stuff. Um, But in that situation, it was so crazy because my wife flipped on me immediately because the doctors were complaining in the ICU. When she first got to the hospital, she was in the ICU, intensive care unit. And the doctors were complaining because I was, like, like bodyguarding her. And like, I was limiting what they were doing and everything and they they were coming to do. They had to talk to me for at least 20, like, I was hitting, grilling them with everything. Oh, whoa, 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 what's that needle? And that's what needed. You doing right-
1: yeah, I think what that's needed. Put- yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was on them. What you putting in her? Yeah. What you taking out of her? Yeah. What is that? Why is that? Who approved that? Are you the doctor? You're not the doctor. You're the nurse, or you're the intern? Where is the doctor?
2: Mm-hmm. Why the doctor?
0: Let, let him tell me and explain. Like I was just in beast mode in there.
2: Yeah.
0: And um, so eventually, though, um, after I had created the momatomics, the swag momatomics, which is probably my most popular um, herb herbal compound um to date um and i started dropping it in her mouth uh they start coming to take blood even more and so at one point i just stopped and was like bro you can't take no more blood you just took blood like i all taking blood too fast now what's happening mm-hmm. so uh, i go down to dr lee's office and his doctor's like on both sides of me and dr Lee is asking me all these questions and like why am i not allowed him to take the blood explain this and that and the other what is it that I'm dripping in her, in her mouth because I'm not thinking but everybody's watching me you know what I'm saying I'm thinking I'm on the low you know what I'm saying I'm just giving her the little drops of liquid you know what I'm saying they, I'm thinking I'm on the low
2: mm-hmm. they,
0: they see they got the cameras in there and all that so they <laughs> ask me like what is that I'm doing and all this kind of stuff
3: mm-hmm.
2: so
0: um, you know I realized in that room that I was teaching the number one uh, doctor in the Northeast region of America for children's Like, I'm teaching him. Wow. And there were other doctors in the room up underneath him, and they're all taking notes. Like, I'm in there doing a lecture. This is way before I had ever done a lecture. And I'm like, these are the like the these are like the best of the best in terms of children's, you know, the, you know, trauma that that America has to offer. And here they are; they got pens and paper out they're, It's they're studying me, the guy from 158th Street. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that was probably that was probably a moment for me. And then to see how, like, she turned out. Like when we were checking out, like checking out the hospital, mm-hmm. they was just yo, you got to keep coming back. They wanted me to keep coming back to, wow. to like give them more updates and information and what I was doing and protocol stuff and all that. Like they wanted me to keep coming back sharing with them. But I was like, nah, these niggas ain't me.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need a little sum in my pocket if y'all gonna ask for this time.
0: Yeah, man. Plus at the time, I was <laughs> nervous. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Because I'm like, I, you know, you know, you know, you got that natural aversion to to uh, to doctors. You know what I'm saying? So right. I'm like, I eh, ain't really chilling up in no hospital.
2: You
0: know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like asking me for information to use against me or to help other people. I don't know what their agenda is. You know what I'm saying? So,
2: True.
0: but um, but that was that was a that was a moment for me. I also had another moment in um. In Ohio, I had a a lecture coming up at uh, one of the colleges in Ohio. I know it wasn't Cleveland. I think it was, um, I know it wasn't Cleveland University. It was another big university there. And um, I was doing like some radio promo leading up to the lecture. And um, I gave my number out. And a guy called me up and said he had uh, congestive heart failure real bad. And the doctors were saying they don't think he's going to make it, you know, a couple months. And um, so, like, he was, like, I guess he thought he was saying something good, but he didn't realize that he was kind of, like, insulting me a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, He was like, yeah, you know, so I had no choice but to turn to you guys online, you know, try to... So he was like, you know, what, what, what would you suggest, you know, in my situation with congestive heart failure, and um, I had talked to him, you know, probably about an hour to two hours. I didn't charge him anything for the consultation, um, and I said, you know, based on how he was living and what was going on with him, I said, I don't even think that you really have that much of a heart problem, and he was like, ah, uh, Steve, you know what, my wife warned me about you guys and. We and so I was like no, no 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 before you before you go away listen let me explain something to you and I started telling him about like how um selenium and magnesium work in the heart
2: mm-hmm. and I was
0: telling him that um I think that he probably is just really uh not getting enough magnesium in his diet and you know, he asked me if I had something for it. I explained to him I had some, you know, some herbs, you know, some herbal stuff that was really high in magnesium. And um, he was like, all right, well, I'm going to try to make it to the event. You know, I'm really having money problems because I had to leave my job. And then we put up a lot of money for medicine, surgeries, and all this, you know, like hospital stuff. He didn't say exactly what, hospital, but he said hospital stuff.
2: And
0: so I was like, don't worry about it. You don't even got to come to the lecture. Just come meet me outside the lecture. I'll hook you up. And so um, he came and I gave him two bottles of herbs and he left. He never even stayed for the lecture. He didn't have no money to pay for the consultation or for the herbs. He left and that was it. I didn't see him again. Um, like maybe eight months later. He called me up sounding super strong and, and like just excited and he was like, Yo, uh, you know, I wanna send you some money, you know, for That's the herbs beautiful. and you know, whatever. It was amazing, you know, me and my wife was doing it again and all this kind of stuff. Um so yeah, so you know, that was that was a good one. That was a good one. That's like beautiful. it's a bunch of like it's a so there's it a couple of sisters that couldn't get pregnant that I helped have babies. And you know what I'm saying? They, they got the, you know, like, I guess, I don't know. It's a bunch of stuff, but I think I probably, the Amber thing was probably the biggest one. Cause that one was like a turning point for me where I really realized that it was possible for a young guy from 158th street in the Bronx to really, um, you know, have some information maybe that, um, Even the best of the best and train, you
1: know, they they didn't have; they they weren't aware of. Wow. Okay. So that being stated, and congrats. Those are all great stories, by the way. Um, On the flip side, as you know, everybody goes through their lows in life where it questions, um, you know, your gifts that you feel like that were blessed that you were blessed with. Um, Should I really go this route? And, you know, you went that route and then went terribly wrong. What were some lows that you have gone through? And then how did you push through those lows to continue to say, you know, this is still my gift. I still have to help other people, other people out. I still need to, you know, share these resources and teach people.
0: Ooh, man. Ah. Oh. Being part of the conscious woke community, you know, I noticed that everybody was like um, talking about economics, but for the most part, I just seen people like just ripping people off and put money in their own pocket. So mm. um, I had some brothers contact me from North Carolina that had a, a, a spring, you know, as I'm out teaching about water, like, yo, we got a spring and we tested it. It's amazing. Like, it's really high in minerals and some natural compounds that, you know, we think would be really beneficial, but we don't really interface with people that much. You know what I'm saying? Like we, You know, you're out there. So what can we do together to get this, you know, to create something for the people? Mm-hmm. Man, I offered that thing to the people in my Facebook group and start promoting it and just opened it up to the public. I'm like, man, you know, black folks, we're going to do something together. Black folks,
1: here we come. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> and... Um, we got one brother who just like totally sabotaged the whole thing. Mm. Um, he went down behind my back to try to uh, buy the water from the people directly for himself for some company oh. he was representing. When um, that didn't work, he uh, he without anybody knowing in the group, he went and. Uh, like trademarked all of the material that we created. The name of the the water business, like he just went and trademarked everything by himself, Not and then cool. said, "Cease and a cease letter.
1: <laughs> Not cool. Not cool at all. That's crazy.
0: <laughs> me a cease and Ceaser, the cease letter. Um. Which was, you know, like which was crazy, and then it created a rift with people because people was like, "Yo, if we are not going to do the water business, I want to get my uh, my little investment back." People, I opened it up to anybody, so there was people that had invested anywhere from twenty five dollars to a hundred dollars. You know what I'm saying? Um, some people wanted to invest big sums of money, but I, I kind of got nervous. So I turned a lot of people down. It was one guy that was like, "Yo, I want to invest a thousand dollars into." it. Know, whatever the case may be and I kind of pushed him off for a while um but then you know um after a while I just was like I right, you know what? I'm going to accept it. you know what I'm saying let me stop being so nervous of my own people
2: mm-hmm.
3: and
0: I took his money but that nervousness helped me because I never spent his money I just sat it to the side you know what I'm saying because it was weird for somebody that I didn't know to want to invest that much into the water business but anyway come to find out that guy was the guy who sabotaged it. That was they were like partners.
1: <laughs> that is too much. That is so,
0: crazy. I didn't find that out until I got deceased and desist papers because it had the other guy's name on it. I said, <laughs> What
3: the hell is this?
0: So I uh, you know, I sent him back his money and just moved on from there. But I learned like there's a reason why um a lot of times when black people they come up and they find themselves in better positions, there's a reason why sometimes that they don't turn around and look to do business with people where they came from. Mm-hmm. Um, tough, because usually those are the people that try to set you up, or people will try to mingle into those people and set you up from within You know what you would consider to be your base organization. You know what I'm saying? So I, I learned from that situation, and that situation still haunts me because we live in an electronic world. So even when somebody slanders you, like it doesn't completely delete. You can explain the situation a zillion times and people will listen and hear you and be like, Oh, okay, we get it. We understand what happened. But it, you know, it still, it still floats around out there. And then sometimes the stories morph and become larger than life. You know what I'm saying? And they become, you know, they add to the, you know, the telephone game, Mm -hmm. you know, when you, to the person by the time it comes out the other end, it gets even crazier,
2: right? Um,
0: but yeah, that, um, you know, I quickly kind of like moved past that because, um, most of the people, like, everybody kind of watched that situation at least the people close, mm-hmm. they were these book groups, so they saw all the things that was transpiring. So, like, the people, like, I still have the water and all that kind of stuff, um the, the trademarking thing which was funny because they went through so much trouble to, to do the trademark and like they didn't get anything with the an empty title because those were my friends with the water so they wouldn't sell them the water behind my back so we still have the spring and it's that's a water that spring has been in my guy's family for like 500 years Wow. So they're not selling the property. We still have the water or whatever the case may be. So sometimes I think about uh, revamping and going back into that uh, business eventually. But, you know, I just learned a, a you know a big lesson from trying to openly just open up to the community. Like, hey, come on, community. We're getting ready to do a community thing. Let's get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, you can't do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't. It's going to hurt you. People going to hurt you.
1: So, That's so unfortunate. Yeah. All right. And so uh, next, the next segment is free advice, but you have been dropping knowledge this whole entire conversation. And <laughs> so um, do you have any other free advice that you may want to give somebody that wants to be a herbalist or maybe want to be a, a biochemist? Do you have any free advice for them?
0: Um. Don't want to be a herbalist.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Why would you say that?
0: Like, um, Because if it's in you, it's in you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think you should do whatever's in you, even if it's something crazy. Like if you just want to be a, a like a fighter pilot, like a fighter plane pilot, you know what I'm saying? Like, go do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times we see somebody doing something and the person that's doing it looks really cool doing it. So we want to also do that. But it's not because, and we don't really know how to distinguish, but it's not really because we're in love with the thing that they're doing. We're just really in love with the attention that they're getting from what it is that they're doing and how easy and fun it looks like. You know, it is the mm. doing, But you that's don't weird. know what's happening behind the camera. You don't know the stress, the strife, the years they put in, the money, the time. So, um, and most times, that's the main thing that is the barrier between people that will be successful in the given and feel and not. Mm-hmm. Do you really have the love for what it is that you're doing that's going to beat every obstacle? You know, so you see people on the tail end. You know, when they start to get popular, they've already pretty much beat um, a lot of the stuff that's going to put 90% of the people on on their backside. Mm -hmm. Um, but like transitioning from having an $80,000 a year job with six children to, um, having your own business in an area that's not classified. When I say not classified, like, um it's not something that's, uh, corporately structured. So you can go out there and there are marketing blueprints and right. sales blueprints for what it is that, that, that I do. Mm-hmm. Like almost all of what I do is brand new territory. So I'm the first mold. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, it's, it's tough to sit down with maybe like a a marketing team or PR person or whatever and be able to say, all right, well, this is what we're trying to do. And I'm like, wait, what is your, what is your, what is, what do you have? What, what do you do? Like is it, how do we package this? You know what I mean? So um, transitioning from having $80,000 a year job and children to having no guaranteed income, like no guaranteed income. Like you literally like you, damn near back on the block, you know what I mean, like, mm-hmm. you just, you don't, it's, it's, you don't know what's coming in, like it's, it's difficult, yeah. it's, you know, you don't love it, you're not gonna be able to deal with the hardship, especially if your partner is not on the same page, ah, it's gonna be a nightmare, I don't even know how I made it through, you know what <laughs> I mean, it was divine order, you know what I mean, so, um, if you don't love it, if it's not something that you've always loved, you know, um, I wouldn't say to jump in there. I would say do what it is that you always loved, and then you would be able to look swaggy over there. You know what I'm saying? So, um, like right now, um, people see me do a lot of things with KT, the art degree. Right? Mm-hmm. That's Mama Pill's son, um, raised by Sabie. Um Mama Pill was Sabie's wife, best friend, student, etc. Um, So even with him, you know what I'm saying? I tell him, you know, like, we kind of ruin this thing for a lot of people because they're watching us and they think this is, like, they can watch, like, a couple months or a couple weeks worth of YouTube videos and then they're ready to go. Right. But we laugh all the time. Like, this is literally something we've been doing since we've been born. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's difficult to just he's a couple years younger than me. He's in his late 30s. I'm 40 already. Mm -hmm. So there's no way you're getting ready to watch a few videos and then catch up to me. Like, you got 40 years worth of books. Buddy, (laughs) get You got got 36, 37 years worth of study to catch up to KT. Like, you, nah. It's just, you know, it's going to be difficult. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? If you love it, if you love it, then, by all means, we need more healers in the world. Right. No, but you need to love it though, because a lot of times your opposition is going to be the rest of the planet.
1: All righty. So, um, with that being stated, as far as you, you know, making sure that you love, you make sure that you love to do and then go ahead and invest into it. Um, what about the people that are still in that process? of just trying to still figure it out? You think they should just still do more research first and then jump into it? Or, you know, just go for it and then see if you like it. And if you don't like Follow it, stop heart. and do something different.
0: Follow your heart.
1: Hmm. Okay. All right. And so, as far as... Go ahead.
0: Not only will you have the endurance to get through what you need to get through, but... um you'll be able to live with the results, whatever they are. If you you don't follow your heart, no matter what the results are, you may still be unsatisfied later on. So you have a lot of people that are monetarily successful, but they're unhappy because they're, they're doing something that they're not happy with, they didn't follow their heart. Then you have people that try something out and they fail, right? But they're also unhappy and not unhappy because they failed. They're unhappy because a little voice in the back of their mind told them they should have did something else. So always following your heart. Because if you follow your heart and you fail, or it doesn't turn out the way you wanted it to be, you will have enjoyed the journey so much that it's still a success.
1: Mm. I like it. Okay. And so I know you got... Go ahead.
0: No, I'm just saying there's a thousand different reasons why following your heart just works out better than, than ignoring your intuition.
1: Gotcha. Okay. And so I know you got a lot of upcoming events that's happening. You have a tour. You got Soulcraft. And I also heard that you're going to be a part of the Dr. Sabine a documentary with Nick Cannon. Um, can you talk about some of the upcoming things that we can look out for you?
0: Uh you probably you you covered it good. I'll be on <laughs> I'll be in Philadelphia on the twenty-fifth. Okay. Um yeah, so uh shout out Philly. Um Philly's like my second home. Um uh, they really championed me and everything that I was trying to, to present. Like literally. Um one of my friends in Philly, his name is Sheen. Like when I got to Philly, he literally took his coat off and gave it to me. <laughs>
2: That's so nice. Like, literally,
0: coat off the back. Like, Philly is a different group of people.
1: That's a good friend.
0: <laughs> like, a, a Yankee jacket. And I just did a lecture, and he loved it. And he was like, yo, you you should be rocking this jacket right here. Like, Sheem is a super strong, like, I have a strong personality. Sheem she got a super strong personality. Mm-hmm. He literally took his jacket off and was like, yo, you should, This yeah, this is, yeah, this is how I want to see you know what I'm saying? So I was like, yeah, Philly's a different place. Like, like these people up here, they were really, like, it's, it's a different type of energy in Philly. But anyway, I've been in Philly uh, the 25th, so what's that, 11, 12 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, going in, uh, the documentary, I know Nick, Nick has a whole team working on it, but um, it's a really, really uh, complicated piece to try to to put a documentary together on somebody, a doctor say to be stature.
2: Right. Um,
0: especially with his extended, you know, uh, his extended and extensive, uh, family, you know what I mean? So it gets crazy. There's so many different, uh, perspectives and stories to be told, uh, on, uh, on a man, you know, who's lived, uh, so much of life. Um, so i saying that to say, um, you know, who, who knows when the trailer will be ready? You know what I mean? Um, and then there's so many people he touched that there are people contacting Nick that want to add a little piece. You know, all the way up to you know Hollywood stars and you know presidents, even like it's it's, it's really crazy how many people he was able to touch.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, but that's gonna come when it's ready. You know. Um, and outside that, I'm just working on uh, really being able to reach more people. I really haven't even been able to, uh, fo- to be honest, I haven't even really been able to focus since the Soulcraft documentary came out. Mm-hmm. Because like I've been doing like magazine articles and interviews. Like, like, there's so many people. Like I feel like I have a million views on those videos already because so many people have been personally like it's like when you watch those videos it's like a like a paradigm shift happens immediately so
2: true. like
0: literally the soul craft documentary is the type and it's and, and uh, the forward to the soul craft is what starts the madness so people they have to watch the forward um when you have a book people skip the forward you know what i'm saying but video world you need to watch the forward but it's one of those things that you can divide your life to like your life before you saw that documentary and then your life, every moment thereafter, you know, it, it's really that, that impactful. So, um, yeah, for the last month or so, it's really just been magazines and radios and blogs and YouTube channels. And just, uh, and so it's cool. You know what I'm saying? I really appreciate, um, uh, I really appreciate the vibes. I try to repost a lot of the interviews and stuff like that on my page so that my audience will hear. Um, but but it is crazy. So, um, but yeah, so that's it. I'm just preparing to go back out onto the road. Uh, shout out to Knowledge. We've been putting together a, a tour. Um, and then uh, going back to Mama Pill, um, we were just on the phone, me, her and KT and she's ready to get back on the road. Um, KT and I have a weekly, a weekly series that we're doing mm-hmm. that we're looking to, uh, we're hoping gets picked up, uh, goes to like a larger network, but it's called the other guys universal network. The other guys universal network is a show that we're doing every Tuesday. Um, Every other week it's on his channel and every other week it's on my channel. So we're sharing it between both our platforms. Um, but it's really about bringing, uh, the light to the holistic culture that we feel like it deserves and that it hasn't been getting. So, um, that's going really well. We got a really good, um, list of interviews coming up. Um, so far, we've done Mr. G. Mr. G was the person Dr. Sabi hand selected with the time capsule of his life. Mm. Um, he's the co-producer of the documentary with Nick Cannon. He was the uh, co-producer, if not sole producer, of Dr. Sabi's actual last tour in America. Wow. Um, but yeah, so so you know this is. It's been a nice, you know, it's been a nice ride. We got some fun stuff coming up, so you know, people need to make sure they subscribe to my page, KT page, so they can see the, uh, catch all the episodes. I think we're at episode number three or number four is coming up tomorrow. All right, number four is coming up tomorrow, and we're actually interviewing Pablo so that's gonna be a good one. Um, depending on what she decides to share with the people you know what I mean she's got so much mm-hmm. and then it's so much that she knows that we just tell her like yo you know what that might not be The people might not be ready for that
2: right. you know what I'm saying mm-hmm.
0: um, we should hold back that story right there that's a little crazy Um. so depending on what she wants to share it's always mind blowing Um. yeah and people can t- come check me out on my IG page yes. at Dr on my YouTube page at Dr. Amy my number, 833-777-6543. They can hit me up.
1: Do you have a website? You want to let them know the website? What's the exact name for your YouTube channel? Um, let them know how to get in touch with you.
0: Yep. You can go to the YouTube. It's uh, Dr. Uh, space E-N-Q-I Right, that's Dr. Inky on YouTube, and uh, there's no space on Instagram, right? Just D-R-E-N-Q-I. And then uh, the website is unitedplatesofamerica.org, unitedplatesofamerica.org, and plates is spelled P-L-A-T-E-S, like plates that you eat off, unitedplatesofamerica.org. org.
1: All right. And so we are at the end of the interview. Um, it's called My Motivational Moment. This is either maybe a Bible scripture, a quote, anything of that nature that made me go back and look at it. Because it really resonated with me. And maybe it just, you know, helped me out to get through something I was going through currently at that moment. And so um, with this motivational moment, I really felt like it would tie in on our conversation today. And it's a quote. It says, to keep the body in good health is a duty. Otherwise, we shall not be able to keep your mind strong and clear. And that's by Buddha. I'll go ahead and repeat it. Um, to keep the body in good health is a duty. Otherwise, we shall not be able to keep our mind strong and clear. And so with the motivational... Um, um, with the most motivational moment, what I usually do is say, you know, how it affected me. And then from there, you can say how you feel about it. Okay.
0: Right. Where did you get that quote from?
1: Um. Like I mentioned, sometimes I'll just scroll through social media or, you know, I'll maybe put, you know, uh, like inspiring quotes. Like I'll just look up different things certain times. And then for that one, I think it was just on Google, I think I was looking at, like, healthy quotes, um, healthy lifestyle quotes, and then that's the one out of all of them. I was like, okay, that's pretty deep. <laughs> so that's the one I chose. Yeah,
0: I like that. It's
1: layers to it. Yes. And I feel like for me, when I first read it, I thought about the whole thing with the good health is a duty. It's not easy, to yep. live that healthy lifestyle. Some people feel like, oh, okay, you know, this is a new diet. Let me try it out. Maybe that diet is not good for you. It's like,
2: not necessarily not
0: easy. It's just not easy to switch.
1: Yeah. But,
0: but once it's your regular life, it's just as easy as what it is that you do already. The, the hard part is just breaking all of the addictions that you have and, and you know, changing or recreating and just... just rebranding your actual life every day. You know what I'm saying? Changing mm-hmm. what's in your refrigerator, changing what's in your cabinets. So it's easier if you live alone or you're the only adult in the house because in that situation, you don't have to compete with what goes in the fridge. So at the moment, you get swaggy with your shopping, and, um, you learn which supermarkets to go to to buy this with supermarkets to go to to buy that. Like, I I use like, three different supermarkets. And not only that, then there's, like, little, you know, wherever I can find, like, a farmer's market or some fresh produce in between. But there's a variety of supermarkets you can go to because some of them are going to be more expensive than others. Some of them won't have these items. And then, you know, it gets crazy with shopping. But once you get that, that, once you become a part of the new culture, then it's easy.
2: Mm -hmm. It's
0: only different trust me because people don't know but like for instance people that buy clothes they know where to get their shoes from they go all the way downtown or uptown and or they order from this place online like yeah because I, I like my you know like they know where to get their shoes they know where to get oh no hold on this outfit is signature it's only limited edition I gotta go over here and get this and it's the same with the food it's just you just don't know mm-hmm. so Um, once you get in the culture, it's good. But going back to the saying, I like the saying because people used to ask me all the time, why don't I speak on mental health more?
3: Right.
0: And I used to tell them all the time, it's just because you don't know any better. You don't think I'm speaking on mental health. But I'm always speaking on mental health. I said, how could that be? I said, because your mental health, in most cases, is a byproduct of your neurochemistry. Mm. The neurochemistry is based solely on your diet.
1: That's good. Okay. So,
0: so if you don't eat properly, it's impossible for you to have a balanced neurochemistry. And if that's the case, it's impossible for your brain to function. So a lot of times when parents hit me up and be like, you know, my child's wilding in school. I'm like, maybe wilding you're wilding in school because you're wilding in their kitchen. What You're giving them for breakfast. Mm-hmm giving them, like, sugary pastries or, you know, cereal and, you know, cow's milk or whatever. It's going to be impossible for them to behave themselves the first four hours of school.
1: Mm. Oh, you got me thinking. (laughs) That's good. That's really good. Well, this is the ending for this episode. Um, For one, before we end it, I do want to shout out to Knowledge. Um, Knowledge Born a He's with Uh, do the knowledge radio Uh, shout out to him because he did put this interview together and i do want to thank dr dr inky for giving me your time and all of the knowledge that you gave me today and all the listeners so thank you thank you is there anything that you want to end the interview with any good words anything that you feel like you probably left out love people
0: love people and love yourself
1: nice all right
0: loving loving yourself takes care of a lot of things that most people think they got to study and learn Mm -hmm. you know Uh, it takes care of a lot of different things so loving people loving yourself that's the that's that's the way to go
1: all right well this is brianna javon with dr inky with another episode of what's good podcast Thank you guys so much for tuning in and have a great night, day, wherever you're listening at the time for this podcast. Have a great one hey guys for more updates you can follow me on instagram at what's good underscore podcast or my personal account b.javon underscore javon is spelled j-o-v-a-h-n you can catch me on twitter what's good underscore pod c for charlie and then you can also catch me on facebook at what's good podcast